0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. ...the covenant, which is poured out for many... He said to them, I tell you the truth, I'll not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day I drink that anew of the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You know what happens on the Mount of Olives? You know this story. How many years have you heard it? How many years has it been preached here? I hope it's been one that's been something that you've heard so many times it's become so familiar. But what happens in our lives is sometimes familiarity doesn't bring contempt in our lives. What it does is it just becomes commonplace. This day, this occasion, this time should never be commonplace in our lives. This should be a day of retrospection. This should be a day of self-examination where we look at our lives and examine them and how we stand before God at this moment. We see what happens in this life, this plan that Jesus had, that God had for each of us. We know, how how does John begin his gospel? We know how Matthew and Luke do theirs. Remember how he begins it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was there at the very beginning. The foundations before the earth was even formed, Jesus was there. God had a plan for your life and mine even before the earth was created, Paul writes about that in the book, his letter to the Ephesians, in the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 1, 3, this is what Paul says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now listen to verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him. What did God do for us? God knew you, God knew where you were, God knows what, everything that has happened with you, everything that will happen with you, and he shared Christ for you from the foundations of the earth. That's what Paul's trying to communicate to us. Jesus sought to do that to the disciples. Jesus continually tried to help them understand what was going on and what God's plan was. We see in Mark eight twenty-eight. Uh, he asked them a question. This is uh, at Caesarea Philippi. What's the question he asked them? Who do men say that I am? What do they come up with an answer? They've been listening to what people say. Some say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead, because John is dead now, all right? Some say you're Elijah the prophet, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked his disciples, his followers, the same question he puts to each of us today. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am in my relationship with you? What kind of relationship do you and I have with one another? That's what he's asking. Peter doesn't get it right (laughs) a lot of times. Peter says and does things without thinking, but Peter got it right this time. He said, you are the Christ. In Mark's gospel, it says that, you are the Christ. In others. In other passages of Scripture, it's added, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the one that we've been waiting for, the one that we've been anticipating. And Jesus, I think, revels, he does revel in that because he tells Peter that flesh and blood didn't reveal this to them, but that the Holy Spirit shared it with him. And that message that God seeks to share with you this morning is that if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you have that relationship with him through Christ. Because of Christ's death, because of his resurrection, and because of his... Involvement in your life and mine, we have a personal relationship with him that's not unlike any other personal relationship we have, a face-to-face relationship with the living God. That is what Jesus is seeking to share with the disciples. (sighs) Sometimes they don't get it. Sometimes we don't get it. (sighs) What happens, we see in Mark's Gospel in 31, is the rest of the story. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. The disciples didn't want to have anything to do with that. But the message that God had of that happening was at the very beginning, even before Jesus was born in Isaiah, Isaiah 53. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's good to hear it again. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took upon himself our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. Here comes the good part. But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That is the message of the gospel, that Jesus paid the price for your sins and mine. All those sins that I committed before I trusted Jesus Christ at the age of 10, and uh, trust me, uh, there were many, but they weren't. I didn't murder anybody. I hadn't had adultery. I hadn't done anything like that. But I sure, I threw rocks at my sister, my older sister. Uh, I told my parents lies. I cheated at school. I did all kinds of stuff. I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. He paid the price. Jesus paid the price for those sins. And Isaiah is telling us that. A hundred years before Jesus is even born, he tells us that message of God's love for us and how it's been fulfilled in him. And he does that in each of our lives. So if you're here this morning, and you think there's something in your life that you could never be forgiven for, you've got to put that behind you. You've got to forget about that. Because Jesus paid the price for all of those things. That doesn't mean that if we committed sins against the city of Evansville or the state of Indiana, we still don't have to reckon to them But in God's eyes, when he sees us, he sees that covering of Christ's blood upon us and those sins are forgiven. And so we live our lives for him, no matter where we are, no matter what the circumstances are. (coughs) Excuse me. We live our lives for him that people see his love through us. You think the disciples have got it now. The disciples have figured it out. They know it all. No, they don't know it all. And they're not sure what Jesus is doing in Mark chapter 14 verse 13 that we read just a minute ago. He's sending the disciples to a place that is already prepared for them. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, they, They don't have to do anything. All they have to do is go and do what Jesus has called them to. They have to follow his design for their lives. That's what Jesus seeks to do in our lives. He seeks for us to recognize what the preparation for this meal is all about, that we recognize that our lives are what are to be prepared. It's not a matter of setting the little cups of juice and crackers out here. It's not a matter of setting the cloth on the table or even the table out there. It's about coming to this place with hearts that are open to Him and listening to what He has to say to us. And that God that loved us so much that gave His one and only Son for us us has sacrificed His life because of the love that He has for us. And all of a sudden, we become like those people who were on the streets of Jerusalem. Do you remember what happened when Jesus came into town? Do you remember how the people responded to him? I'm trying not to make a mess of everything here. What did they do? Here it comes. They ripped down branches from the trees. I'd try to take off my coat, but I'd end up throwing my sound system away with me when I did. What did, they, what did they say? Hey, there comes Jesus. Who is he? He's from Nazareth. No, what was the message? Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. The people were thrilled that he was coming. He was the son of David. He was the messenger that God had sent. He was the reason that they were there. They were anticipating the arrival of the Messiah, the Messiah he has come. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago. He lived, he taught, he died on the cross for you and me, and we are called to give praise to him for what he has done. These are simply reminders to us of what we've done. That is what this meal is all about. Do this In remembrance of me, don't forget about what I've done. Never forget about the price I paid. Somebody had to pay the price for everything that we have. Jesus has done that in our lives. He died on Calvary's cross for your sins and mine. The disciples are working hard to understand, but they're not even listening still. Do you remember what happened when the disciples decided to come into town? They came in, we talked about this last Sunday, don't sit on this stool, Robert. It's going to be wet. Remember what happened? The disciples come into the town at this meal. What are they worried about? Who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And that's what they've been arguing about. Jesus doesn't hear them doing that. Maybe he did hear them doing that. But the first thing they do when they sit down to eat this meal, is that they don't, any of them, get up and clean one another's feet. What has to happen? Jesus demonstrates that, doesn't he? And he took off his outer garment, and he wrapped that towel around him, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And he said this, something for every believer here today to remember. Now that I, your master and Lord, have done this for you, blessed are you if you do it to one another. Now again, we're talking about that, we're not going to have a foot washing service here this morning, but we have this meal before us, the same meal that Jesus ate with the disciples, the same misunderstanding on their parts, missing the point of what it means for us to recognize what Christ has done for us. He had an image, he had the understanding of what God was doing through him, and he worked feverishly at this point, to be sure that the disciples understood it. Jesus had a message. The disciples had a message, too. And that was a pretty simple one. We read it. We won't read it again. The message was pretty easy. Two of them were to go and to prepare that place, to find that person, right? That's what we see. The message was pretty easy. And that's Mark 14:13. If you want to see it, through 15. Luke tells us that it was Simon Peter and Jesus, Jesus and John, who were the two that Jesus chose to do this. But here's the thing that we don't think about. There's a third disciple who is there. What does he tell them? There'll be a man carrying a jug of water. That's unusual. Ladies, guess who normally carried a jug of water? Just like it is today. You do all the work, the men just sit around and watch the football games, right? There'll be a man carrying a jug of water. You follow him and you don't ask him because he is the servant. When you get to the house, you say this. The master wants to know if you have, I love this, do you have the place prepared for me and my disciples? Do you see it? That's the message that's in that passage in Mark. It's pretty simple. There's another disciple who is waiting. We don't know who he is. But the message behind that is he's anticipating Jesus coming. You think his house was clean? Do you think he was ready for that? I guarantee you he was. But the 12 who showed up weren't. As a matter of fact, one of them was going to betray Jesus even at that meal. That is the call that you and I have in each of our lives for us to recognize where we stand in this relationship with him. We are either giving praise to Jesus or we're doing something else. You know where we are. You know what Judas did. Judas tried to show his in the garden that night, tried to show that Jesus that he loved him. What did he do to him? What was the sign that he gave to the temple guards? The man that I kiss, he's the one you need. Because it's dark. It's dark and they couldn't, who Jesus was among all those people that were there and how does Judas betray the living Lord with a kiss how could you possibly think that that would be a right thing to do but what happened before we give Judas such a hard time what happens to the rest of the disciples sure enough Peter pulls out his sword and he cuts off Malchus servant's ear Jesus told him, that's not the way it works, all right? You didn't get that right, Peter. Uh, the Lord didn't reveal this to you. But you need to recognize that this is not the way my kingdom is going to come. Not with a sword, but through the love of God. Through the sacrifice of God's Lamb. And that message we see in the book of Genesis. Because God had a plan from the beginning. Genesis 22 it's a message, that's an awful lot of message. You don't have to, it's probably, Rick Nick's probably got it for you. We probably got it put on the screen. Look at Genesis 22. Anybody have any idea what that passage is about? If you do, raise your hand. Let me see. Genesis 22. There you go. Abraham, look at it. On the third day, I, I never thought about that until I was preparing this message. On the third, third day, does that have anything to do with Jesus and his crucifixion and his burial? Have anything to do with that? Think about that. That's, I, think it's not, I don't think it's coincidental, right? On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he told his servants, he said, You stay here. And he said, Isaac, you come with me. And you know what he did? Think about this. He loaded up the firewood on Isaac's back. Now, to get, the, get it out of your head that Isaac is a little bitty boy, he's not. He's a young man at this. He's probably a teenager. And what do we know about Abram at this point? Or Abraham, he's an old man. What's the first question Isaac asked his dad? Where is the lamb? Where's the sacrifice you're going to offer? What's Abraham tell him? God will take care of that. Don't you worry about it. He's already taken care of that. And what Isaac doesn't know is that he is a sacrifice. This is where we get down to what this meal is all about, folks. How many of us in this room are ready to physically sacrifice our children, one of our children, to God? And yet God asks us to do that. That's what he does of Abraham. Are we willing to give up that much? And the answer is we should be because what does he ask of us? that we die here. We see it exhibited. I'm looking to see. We've got a couple of them. There's probably somebody here that has. There's some of, a lot of us that have. In this pool right here, we die to the old way of life. And what happens? We're raised to walk in newness of life and life in Christ. That's the message we just heard sung just a minute ago, isn't it? It's a message of recognizing what covers our sins. Not the water, but the sacrifice of the Savior, God's Son. He gave His Son. What does He expect of us? That we sacrifice our lives. That that old way of living, that old life that was there is just that. That no longer do we live the way we did, now we live differently because of Christ. Does it mean we're not going to sin? No. What it means is that those sins have been paid for through Christ's death. And through that sacrifice, we have life. And here is the meal. Do this. did Did you listen to the song? Do this in remembrance of me. That is the message that Christ calls us to. It may be you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It may be you're here today and you've never given your life to him completely. Jesus calls us to personal commitment. He calls us to die to self and to live for Christ. That is what he puts before each of us. And each of those disciples, save one, gave their lives for the Master. They paid with their lives for what it meant to be Christians. We are called to do exactly the same thing. To forget about the old things, the old way of life, and live out that new way of life that we have in Him and that we don't carry the baggage that is ours with us, but we carry the cross of Christ with us wherever we go as a living testimony of the fact that it's empty and the tomb is empty and that the Savior lives within us and in him we find life and we find it more abundantly. That's God's message of love. That is the salvation that he offers for each of us. If you don't know that this morning, you take this time. Just a moment, we're going to sing a song of invitation. It gives you a chance to come up and to tell this congregation, you know what, I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be a part of this congregation. I want to be a part of this body as we seek to share the good news in our town with the people of Evansville because I've found that good news in my life. Members, if you found that good news, what are you doing to share it? It's not about sticking pins and a map all right that is simply the result of what our hearts have already done that we say yes lord i'm all yours i'll do whatever you say i'll go wherever you send and i'll give everything i've got because you love me dearly please join with me in prayer father we thank you this day for the gift of life and love that is offered to us through your son jesus We thank you for the sacrifice that he has made. We thank you for the gift of life that he gives. And pray, Father, that in our lives that we would take this moment to examine them and see how we stand before you. That's the message that we see in 1 Corinthians 11, a message of what it means for us to examine our lives and see. If we're believers, Father, we need to be examining our hearts and see where our heart is given. Who owns our heart? Too often, I still claim claim it is mine. It's my heart, Lord, and you can't have it. It's my seat, and it's not yours. Forgive us for the failures that are ours. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call.